It's getting kind of late. It's already 10.30 here in California. And it's a work night. Tomorrow's Monday. Today's Sunday, April 26th. Thank you for joining me. This is Ian Rodriguez. I'm doing the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast after another extended break, everybody. There is no music here tonight because I have no way to produce the show in my garage, at least as effectively as I do in my car. So I'd like to bring you some content tonight and uh, just say this. It's a barren world out there for content for pinball podcasts. It's a barren world. No game shows, no festivals, no pinball arcade expo, no nothing. I've talked about this before. But there's plenty to talk about if you think about what you really think about pinball and what you think about um, with regards to your own games or the games you want and the games you decided to buy or wish you could have or the games you really look forward to playing. And it's, it's not that hard to generate opinions, right? You can just say, I think this is the best game or I think this is the hardest game. I think this is the funnest game. Um, and, and opinions are abound in the world of podcasting, which is kind of a limited world nowadays anyway, but, uh, I just figure what the heck, right? Throw some, uh, throw some stuff up there. Let's get a show going. So thank you for joining me on a less, uh, dramatic episode here on the PCS podcast. There's no horizon for pinball shows to re- to restart here, to, to recommence. I don't have any idea when the next pinball show is going to be. Obviously, it's late April. May 1st is a cutoff for lots of states to start reopening after COVID-19, the great American heist. Talk about a heist. Hundreds of thousands, if not maybe tens of millions of people have lost billions of dollars all for a virus that um, necessarily cannot be tracked, can't really be diagnosed, and the cause of which uh, the deaths are, are doubtful at this point. So all I need to tell you is make sure you do your homework if you have an opinion about COVID. I've done mine. I've seen hospitals that are not overwhelmed. I've seen hospitals that are completely operating like normal. And I've witnessed people lose millions of dollars because of this this medical uh, tragedy, if you can call it that, I don't know. Uh, I heard an MIT expert, a biological studies guy, a virologist, or I think it's a virologist. He said this is going to be this is going to go down as the greatest medical fraud in human history. That guy's from MIT. You can take his word for it. I take MIT word for it. I mean, I take his word for it. He's got no motive to lie. He's revealed to us the same way scientists often do tell you what the facts are no opinion there just a gigantic fake a gigantic fake pandemic for the world to deal with and suffer from i myself am done suffering from isolation and missing my friends and missing pinball shows and concerts and uh, it's time to rethink what the heck we're all doing I hope you guys are well anyways. I hope you guys are not affected negatively, but we all are at this point in some way, hopefully not health-wise. Again, I don't know a soul on earth who's contracted this disease. I certainly don't know anybody who's died from it. I know nobody who even knows somebody who's contracted or died from COVID-19, the Chinese virus. So, I don't know. As soon as it starts to get a little closer to home, maybe 
a neighbor or a friend, why don't you let me know, spflirod at yahoo.com. Love to hear your opinion, maybe your thoughts. I'm open to discussing this topic um, because it's affecting all of our lives. It's really effing up everything with regards to social enjoyment and keeping friends and entertained with pinball and having guests over, etc. My wife and I had a pool party yesterday. It was about 15 people came to our house. It was a lot of fun. It was an absolute blast because we hadn't seen that many people in our in our home for for a very long time before that because of COVID. But you know, we kind of threw the uh, threw down the gauntlet, warmed up the pool, had a bunch of people over. It was a lot of fun. So we had a great time. Uh, it was our first our first pool party at our new home, at our our very own brand new or new to us pool house. We had our little pool party. It was a kickoff to the summer. It's getting real hot out here in Marietta, so it was a great time. I'm just grateful for the warm weather. We can actually go outside now and not freeze. There's no rain. It's beautiful. We're doing projects. We're having pool parties. It is a great time to be alive here in Southern California. All right. So I I was thinking today about changing my mind, right? And you've, you've heard me say that I've changed my mind, and you've witnessed me come on the show and actually literally change my mind week to week about what I'm going to do most notably and recently was my choice to sell Waz instead of Iron Maiden. I published an entire episode dedicated to the fact that I was going to sell Iron Maiden because JJPs are better home use games, better kept in a home environment and more suitable for the collector like me who actually keeps games for quite some time. And I said, Maiden is amazing, it's great, but it's just not that piece of art that I want in my garage as much as I want was. And down the road, just a week later or whatever it was, I changed my mind. I said, the reason why I'm going to switch here is because Waz has more value for my cash sort of trade-off here. So I can actually take the impact off of the purchase of Heist easier with the sale of Waz. And that's that was my goal. So I guess maybe I didn't change my mind. I still believe... JJPs have better home collector value because they're so unique and so elaborate, but there was money there that I actually needed. So it was kind of necessitated by the heist move here. And so I thought about this time. My family and I were in Mexico and we were shopping in the strip malls in Mexico. We were drinking beer, enjoying the sunlight. It was Cabo San Lucas. No, it was Mazatlan, excuse me. We were on a cruise down there to Mazatlan. So we were enjoying the wonderful afternoon there in Mazatlan, Mexico, shopping around and drinking beer uh, excessively. And we went to a shop where a guy was selling a watch. And I offered the gentleman uh, some money for the watch. I said, maybe, I think it was like $30. I said, I'll give you $30 for your watch. Is that is that a deal? The guy said, no, this is a $100 watch, senor. I'm sorry, I can't take 30 I said, okay, well, I don't know if you guys have been to Mexico, but there's not a lot of real uh, watches down there south of the border, nor are there real purses. So if you run into a purse vendor, just know that that Louis Vuitton that you're looking at is not a real one. So I said, look, I can give you $35 for the watch. So the gentleman told me, no, I cannot take it. I cannot take that, senor. My boss will have my skin. I can't do it. So I said, look, all right, man, 40. That's it. That's as high as I can go. I think this watch is nice, but it's not a real Rolex, right? So the guy said, he thought about it for a minute. He thought about it long and hard. And by that time, it had been a few, at least, you know, 60 seconds. 
I, I turned and walked away because he wasn't responding. I think he was playing, playing a little bit of hardball there. So I walked and I said, have a good day. Take it easy later. We're out. My brother and I walked away. The guy tracked me down 50 feet down the street, grabbed me and said, hey, look, I'll do the 40 bucks for the watch. I'll do it. I can do it. My boss told me it's okay. And obviously it had been a moment or two. And I said, well, you know, I'm okay. You know, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate you coming here, but I can't do the 40. I'm just going to go ahead and move along. And this guy said one of the most classic lines I'd ever heard in my entire life in Mexico or the United States. The guy said it with this perfectly, this perfect Spanglish. He said, in Mexico, people don't change their minds. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to go ahead and move along. And I, I walked away, you know, apologetically, really. But in Mexico, people don't change their minds. And I thought about that line. And literally, my, my brothers and I still repeat it and laugh about just the line itself was hilarious. People don't change their minds. It was like, it was, it was just the timing, the delivery was perfect. It was just, it was perfect. It was like basically telling somebody, you can't change your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like we had a deal, right? Don't don't renege on the on the deal. And, uh, re, you know, I'll always say, you don't change your mind. You know, you can't change your mind. What is that? Like you're, you're crawfishing, right? You're, you're welching. Um, but honestly, we all have the tendency to change our minds. And I think it's the honest person who will come forward and say, I've changed my mind. And here's why, uh, instead of justifying something that's different or completely backwards from what they had already opined about or decided on, I think it takes an honest person to say, look, I changed my mind and I'm here to tell you why. So not to get too heavy here, this is pinball, not politics, right? Not government, not careers, but it's uh, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to come back to a forum on Pinside and say that you actually changed your mind about a game or talk to your friends about it and say, you know what? I've actually thought differently about this game or this thing because of the following reasons, and uh, obviously this show is filled, what's the word, replete with mind changes here. So thank you for being tolerant and patient of my mind changes. I thank you for following and sticking by us here in the show. What's our next topic? All right, so moving along be- beyond the Mexico story, which was hilarious, wound up, uh, wound up getting drunk on the beach all day in Mazatlan, barely made it to the boat uh, in time before they left us there on the shore. That's how that one ended. So, what is going on? I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently. I am waiting for COVID to end in Texas. In Round Rock, Texas, so multimorphic can ship me my game. I don't know if it's built yet. I don't know what the status is. I haven't heard back from Jerry in about two to three weeks. And I know he's not, you know, sloughing around and just blowing me off. I have not asked him to, to, you know, for anything. I've just, you know, I've been silent, obviously waiting for this thing to blow over and the Texas governor to open up the state, the great Lone Star state of Texas, so they all can continue doing business as usual, creating awesome pinball machines for all of our use and enjoyment. And at that point, obviously, I'll be on the clock and I will be waiting a little bit more for FedEx Freight to come on by and drop a brand new Multimorphic on my front doorstep. So I'm very eager. I'm very eager. I I expressed last episode a while back, it was probably two or three weeks ago, that there is a mind process that happens when you buy your games 
And right now I'm in the spot in my mind of thinking about how much I just want to play the game and how much I just can't wait to be immersed in that game and the way that it's designed and the screen and how much I can't wait to have a new experience in my game room. And when I say new experience, I mean new in many, many ways. There are so many facets of the Multimorphic P3 experience that differ um, from Stern or JJP or even Williams in, in, in obvious, for obvious reasons. Okay, let's just obviously get off the, the playfield idea, right? It's, it's a screen, it's not a playfield. It's, it's, it's dynamic art, it's not static. There are floating elements behind it, of course. Um, it's just a different experience. So I'm just really excited to have something new and not a new game, but a new experience. It's going to be a new feeling. And uh, that's what I really look forward to the most. It's funny, when I was talking about buying an 80s Williams game just a few months ago, it was probably in July, or excuse me, January, maybe even December. I was talking about how much I wanted an old Bally Williams, an old 80s game, right? Like Laser Q comes to mind. It was a game I played at Lake Alice and I loved it. I just loved it. Three flipper game, a lot of fun, good sounds, nice art, just a fun 80s game that was difficult. No ramp, single level play field, just something so unique from what I already owned, right? I wanted to own one. And the reason was, again, is because it was just so different than the Stern, the multi-level Stern, or any JJP that's been designed. It's just a different feeling. When you play the game, and you hear the game, and you flip the game, and you... Everything about it is not... is it, It's pinball still at the heart, right? But the entire attitude of the game is different than a Stern or JJP, or even a 90s Williams. It's just different. So for that reason, it's like, I want a different feeling when I play pinball. I don't want the same feeling every time, right? So it's it's exciting to have a new variety of pinball coming because it's going to feel different. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different. And there's people who are literally on pin side right now creating games for the system, for existing playfield modules. So I'm excited to explore what kind of user content is being generated and explore new games that are being designed by pinside users and enthusiasts. I wish I had that kind of mental capacity, that sort of skill and acumen with technology and coding and video graphics and production of that sort of a, that sort of production. I mean, that takes high levels of skill, an incredibly skilled and brilliant mind to create something like that. So I'm not only looking forward to Multimorphics productions, but also random open source software users who create software for the games that exist currently. Uh, the one that comes to mind first and foremost is Quest for Glory. I want to say it's Baldridge, is it Nick Baldridge who's making it? Go check out his pinside thread on Quest for Glory. It looks interesting and I just can't wait. So now I'm actually looking for a used Lexi Lightspeed uh, module for my game that I'm going to get hopefully next month. And uh, with a little bit of luck, I'll be able to buy something used on the, uh, you know, obviously the, the used market for a P3 uh, Lexi module. I'm anticipating that they'll come readily available pretty quickly here because of Heist. Many people are probably getting growing tired of their Lexis and they're like, look, it's just might as well turn it over and buy Heist. It's another, you know, $2,500 or $2,900, whatever. And I can get some of that money back by selling Lexi. So maybe I'll get lucky. Wish me luck. That is on my market mind right now. So staying on with P3 here, I was talking with my buddy James and his sons. He has two sons, the teenager, teenage boys. 
And these boys love video games, and I'm talking like love games. They play the Switch like it's their job. They barely, you know, they're gamers at heart. So all the respect in the world for the gamers, right? And I told them I was buying a new game. And I told them this game is more like, it's more like a video game than any pinball you'll ever see. And the reason is, is because the, the actual play field interacts with the ball and there's video production that's associated with the location of the ball. And there's all sorts of different conditions on the play field that are being expressed through the graphic, through the graphics, right, on the play field, which is a screen. So I said it's a lot like a video game in that respect where you're actually playing a game that's being presented to you on the screen. And they were super interested, more interested than I've ever seen any video gamer or young person be in any pinball that I own. They always play the game, and so this is kind of cool and unique but they're never captured by the game. It's because of the video aspect. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a new generation of pinballers grow from the P3 expansion and more sales and exposure for this system because it's gonna bring such a new demographic into the game and they're gonna start appreciating pinball and naturally what will happen is any of the buyers who aren't exposed to pinball but buy a P3 perhaps or play their friend's P3 that have never played pinball they're going to get interested in it and they're going to start looking into what else is there, right? So naturally, they're going to flow down to JJP, CGC, Stern, and they're going to say, well, what else is there for me to buy? And they want that other experience too. So they'll be just like me in a reverse position. They'll be going from P3 to Stern or JJP or CGC or old Williams games. They're going to be interested because it's something they, lo- they like, but it's a totally different play experience. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens how big they're gonna grow, where these machines will wind up. I am very eager and just dying to see a location that has the game. That way more people can see it and enjoy it. I myself will do my very best as usual to to, uh, to expand the demographic of pinball players and have as many friends and family over as I can to influence them to go buy their own games because the more, the merrier, everybody. That's right. Speaking of the more, the merrier, a gigantic mega deal came down the tunnel. I called uh, my buddy Pete. I told him I'm selling my Wizard of Oz. He uh, got back to me and said, well, why don't we do a deal? And I said, okay. So him and I were going to trade my firepower for his F-14. And I said, no problem. He said, well, I want the Waz. I said, okay, so we got a deal on that. And in a matter of one one, what is it, 12-hour period, Pete had brought my F-14 over and I sold it to pay for the heist. I didn't flip the game once. It was in my garage for five or ten minutes while the new buyer came by, test played it, loaded it, and then departed with what was my game at that time. So I generated some money for heist that way, but it was funny that I traded Pete a game that he sold me, or at least, no, he traded me in a trade for Judge Dredd. He brought back, uh, he brought F-14 over to trade for the firepower that was his and now currently is again in his garage. I didn't play the game. We sold it right away. Boom got rid of firepower that was on Thursday Uh, in the same fell swoop he took home uh, Wizard of Oz so I I had transacted three different games all in one morning Waz firepower F14 all involved in some part of this deal to get the heist thing paid for so I'm very happy to report that I am narrowing the gap significantly with this deal uh, and I will be literally within a thousand dollars, maybe two thousand, of paying for heist in its in full with uh, one more sale. Hopefully, we'll see. 
But anyway, it's nice to uh, to turn old games into new ones that way. I'm sure you've all done this. I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to be in such a good spot for pinball because out here in SoCal, there are thousands of pinball players, thousands of enthusiasts, and thousands of n- nice, friendly neighbors in Orange County and Riverside and San Diego who are ready and willing to come over and test play your games and buy them if you're selling one. You will not have a problem selling out here. It is a it is a great blessing for a pinball collector like me to have that proximity to such a good group of collectors. And again, every new pinballer that I meet, a guy who's buying his first game or his 100th game, they're always super nice, man. There's something great about the pinball community, and it's just literally the people are real, they're nice, they're friendly, and they're fair. They don't try to screw us over, so... I, uh, I feel like I'm a winner even if I don't get top, top, top dollar. I don't care if I lose $100 or $200 or $300 in a game. I just want to make sure that I keep the whole hobby rolling in my game room, right? I want to keep keep the thing fresh and uh, meet new people, have fun, enjoy it. And then, you know, if you got to move on, you got to move on. It's just part of the thing. It's part of the hobby. So, all right. What time? It's like, a, it's like 1045 right now. And, uh, you know, I got work tomorrow, so... There is no late night workout. Those days are long gone. I'm really looking forward to going back to the gym. Hope you guys are too, man. Maybe in the next two weeks or so, they're going to open gyms up. Maybe they'll count heads and uh, monitor all of us as we walk in and you know make sure there's not too many people uh, based on what they perceive as a risk to spread this disease, which you know kind of barely exists. But um, I hope you guys are all well, and I hope that we all can get back to normal in the next week or so. I want to get back to my office. I want to get back to the Museum of Pinball. I want to get back to the gym. These are things that we take for granted. And now I just appreciate them more than I ever had before. So really, really looking forward to what happens in May. Very optimistic and just encouraged. And uh, hope to see you guys all at the Museum of Pinball in October, making an early announcement for Pinball Madness. It's probably going to be the second Saturday, Friday, Saturday in October. So mark your calendars now. I don't think that Arcade Expo is going to happen. I think that will be canceled because it gets too hot out at the Museum of Pinball in the months of May, June, July, August, you know, in the summer. I mean, it's 100 some odd degrees. They're not going to hold an event inside with no AC at that temperature. So I'll let you know what uh, if there's any news on that. But in the meantime, just count it out. I'm, I'm, I'm basically assuming that pretty safely. Unless they change the hours of the event to like a nighttime thing and do it all night. That's probably not going to happen, but hey, maybe I'll float an email to John Weeks and ask him if he wouldn't mind doing Arcade Expo 6.0, like from, let's say, like 7.30 p.m. till like 7.30 a.m. That might be pretty freaking cool. Just an all-night pinball fest for two nights, 7.30 to 7.30, close shop during the daytime, sleep it off, you know what I mean, and come back for more the next night. It's an idea. I'm not sure what you guys think about it. But listen, catch up on the streams. Dead Flip's doing a lot of great content. Um, Carl is doing some amazing content. He got a $900 million death or $900 million point death blow on Iron Maiden. He posted it to his Instagram. And I commented, I said, You literally doubled my GC score in one shot. <laughs> it's uh, it's sad. It's sad to see. It's sad to see how bad you are when you watch excellent players like that go just shred your scores and literally in one shot. It's amazing, but it's it's really fun to watch. I'm entertained all the time. Um, I've got more to say about Rick and Morty next episode uh, about uh, the Carl D'Angelo treatment to his Rick and Morty that he borrowed from Shane and Van Nuys. So um, 
it was kind of like a uh, redesign of the playfield, if you can call it that. Talking about removing screws, inserting posts in the playfield that were not previously there, drilling holes in the playfield, things like that that are, in my mind, a bit extreme uh, for a new game. But it happened. It happened. IE Pinball on Twitch, twitch.tv slash IE Pinball. Go check out Carl D'Angelo's tech stream. His tech stream. He literally took the game down, drilled holes, redesigned the ball guide positions. Now he's got a playable game. Kind of scary, right? Uh, if you buy one, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for the. This is not for anybody who's not an experienced pinball technician. So please be careful. Don't ruin your Rick and Morty by trying the Carl D'Angelo treatment without the proper requisite experience in drilling holes in playfields and removing hardware from the top side. All right, all right, guys. Stay safe out there. Have a wonderful week. It is a Sunday, April 26. We are signing off. This has been episode something of the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. Thanks for joining me, guys. God bless. It's getting kind of late. It's already 10.30 here in California. And it's a work night. Tomorrow's Monday. Today's Sunday, April 26th. Thank you for joining me. This is Ian Rodriguez. I'm doing the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast after another extended break, everybody. There is no music here tonight because I have no way to produce the show in my garage, at least as effectively as I do in my car. So I'd like to bring you some content tonight and uh, just say this. It's a barren world out there for content for pinball podcasts. It's a barren world. No game shows, no festivals, no pinball arcade expo, no nothing. I've talked about this before. But there's plenty to talk about if you think about what you really think about pinball and what you think about um, with regards to your own games or the games you want and the games you decided to buy or wish you could have or the games you really look forward to playing. And it's it's not that hard to generate opinions, right? You can just say, I think this is the best game, or I think this is the hardest game, I think this is the funnest game. Um, and, and opinions are abound in the world of podcasting, which is kind of a limited world nowadays anyway. But uh, I just figure, what the heck, right? Throw some, uh, throw some stuff up there. Let's get a show going. So thank you for joining me on a less uh, dramatic episode here on the PCS podcast, there's no horizon for pinball shows to re to restart here to to recommence. I don't have any idea when the next pinball show is going to be. Obviously, it's late April, May first is a cutoff for lots of states to start reopening after COVID nineteen, the great American heist. Talk about a heist! Hundreds of thousands, if not. Maybe tens of millions of people have lost billions of dollars all for a virus that um, necessarily cannot be tracked, can't really be diagnosed, and the cause of which uh, the deaths are, are doubtful at this point. So all I need to tell you is make sure you do your homework if you have an opinion about COVID. I've done mine. I've seen hospitals that are not overwhelmed. I've seen hospitals that are completely operating like normal 
And I've witnessed people lose millions of dollars because of this, this medical uh, tragedy, if you can call it that. I don't know. Uh, I heard an MIT expert, a biological studies guy, a virologist, or I think it's a virologist. He said this is going to be this is going to go down as the greatest medical fraud in human history. That guy's from MIT. You can take his word for it. I take MIT word for it. I mean, I take his word for it. He's got no motive to lie. He's revealed to us the same way scientists often do, tell you what the facts are. No opinion there. Just a gigantic fake, a gigantic fake pandemic for the world to deal with and suffer from. I myself am done suffering from isolation and missing my friends and missing pinball shows and concerts. And uh, it's time to rethink what the heck we're all doing. I hope you guys are well anyways. I hope you guys are not affected negatively, but we all are at this point in some way, hopefully not health-wise. Again, I don't know a soul on earth who's contracted this disease. I certainly don't know anybody who's died from it. I know nobody who even knows somebody who's contracted or died from COVID-19, the Chinese virus. So I don't know. As soon as it starts to get a little closer to home, maybe a neighbor or a friend Why don't you let me know, spflirod at yahoo.com. Love to hear your opinion, maybe your thoughts. I'm open to discussing this topic um, because it's affecting all of our lives. It's really effing up everything with regards to social enjoyment and keeping friends and entertained with pinball and having guests over, etc. My wife and I had a pool party yesterday. It was about 15 people came to our house. It was a lot of fun. It was an absolute blast because we hadn't seen that many people in our in our home for for a very long time before that because of COVID. But you know we kind of threw the uh, threw down the gauntlet, warmed up the pool, had a bunch of people over. It was a lot of fun. So we had a great time. Uh, it was our first our first pool party at our new home, at our our very own brand new or new to us pool house. We had our little pool party. It was a kickoff to the summer. It's getting real hot out here in Marietta, so it was a great time. I'm just grateful for the warm weather. We can actually go outside now and not freeze. There's no rain. It's beautiful. We're doing projects. We're having pool parties. It is a great time to be alive here in Southern California. All right. So I I was thinking today about changing my mind, right? And you've, you've heard me say that I've changed my mind, and you've witnessed me come on the show and actually literally change my mind week to week about what I'm going to do. Most notably and recently was my choice to sell Waz instead of Iron Maiden. I published an entire episode dedicated to the fact that I was going to sell Iron Maiden because JJPs are better home use games, better kept in a home environment, and more suitable for the collector like me who actually keeps games for quite some time. And I said, Maiden is amazing, it's great, but it's just not that piece of art that I want in my garage as much as I want was. And down the road, just a week later or whatever it was, I changed my mind. I said, the reason why I'm going to switch here is because Waz has more value for my cash sort of trade-off here. So I can actually take the impact off of the purchase of Heist easier with the sale of Waz. And that's that was my goal. So I guess maybe I didn't change my mind. I still believe... JJPs have better home collector value because they're so unique and so elaborate, but there was money there that I actually needed. So it was kind of necessitated by the heist move here. 
And so I thought about this time. My family and I were in Mexico. And we were shopping in the strip malls in Mexico. We were drinking beer, enjoying the sunlight. It was Cabo San Lucas. No, it was Mazatlan, excuse me. We are on a cruise down there to Mazatlan. So we were enjoying the wonderful afternoon there in Mazatlan, Mexico, shopping around and drinking beer uh, excessively. And we went to a shop where a guy was selling a watch. And I offered the gentleman uh, some money for the watch. I said, maybe, I think it was like $30. I said, I'll give you $30 for your watch. Is that is that a deal? The guy said, no, this is a $100 watch, senor. I'm sorry, I can't take 30 I said, okay, well, I don't know if you guys have been to Mexico, but there's not a lot of real uh, watches down there south of the border, nor are there real purses. So if you run into a purse vendor, just know that that Louis Vuitton that you're looking at is not a real one. So I said, look, I can give you $35 for the watch. So the gentleman told me, no, I cannot take it. I cannot take that, senor. My boss will have my skin. I can't do it. So I said, look, all right, man, 40. That's it. That's as high as I can go. I think this watch is nice, but it's not a real Rolex, right? So the guy, he thought about it for a minute. He thought about it long and hard. And by that time, it had been a few, at least, you know, 60 seconds. I I turned and walked away because he wasn't responding. I think he was playing, playing a little bit of hardball there. So I walked and I said, have a good day. Take it easy later. We're out. My brother and I walked away. The guy tracked me down 50 feet down the street, grabbed me and said, hey, look, I'll do the 40 bucks for the watch. I'll do it. I can do it. My boss told me it's okay. And obviously it had been a moment or two. And I said, well, you know, I'm okay. You know, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate you coming here, but I can't do the 40. I'm just going to go ahead and move along. And this guy said one of the most classic lines I'd ever heard in my entire life in Mexico or the United States. The guy said it with this perfectly... This perfect Spanglish. He said, in Mexico, people don't change their minds. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to go ahead and move along. And I, I walked away, you know, apologetically, really. But in Mexico, people don't change their minds. And I thought about that line. And literally, my, my brothers and I still repeat it and laugh about just the line itself was hilarious. People don't change their minds. It was like, it was it was just the timing, the delivery was perfect. It was just... It was perfect. It was like basically telling somebody, you can't change your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like we had a deal, right? Don't, don't renege on, de- on the deal. And, uh, re- you know, I'll always say, you don't change your mind. You know, you can't change your mind. What is that? Like you're, you're crawfishing, right? You're, you're welching. Um, but honestly, we all have the tendency to change our minds. And I think it's the honest person who will come forward and say, I've changed my mind and here's why. Uh, instead of justifying something that's different or completely backwards from what they had already opined about or decided on, I think it takes an honest person to say, look, I changed my mind and I'm here to tell you why. So not to get too heavy here, this is pinball, not politics, right? Not government, not careers, but it's uh, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to come back to a forum on Pinside and say that you actually changed your mind about a game or talk to your friends about it and say, you know what? I've actually thought differently about this game or this thing because of the following reasons. And uh, obviously, this show is filled, what's the word, replete with mind changes here. So thank you for being tolerant and patient of my mind changes. I thank you for following and sticking by us here in the show. What's our next topic? All right, so moving along beyond the Mexico story, which was hilarious, 
wound up uh, wound up getting drunk on the beach all day in Mazatlan, barely made it to the boat uh, in time before they left us there on the shore. That's how that one ended. So what is going on? I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently. I am waiting for COVID to end in Texas, in Round Rock, Texas, so Multimorphic can ship me my game. I don't know if it's built yet. I don't know what the status is. I haven't heard back from Jerry in about two to three weeks. And I know he's not, you know, sloughing around and just blowing me off. I have not asked him to, to you know, for anything. I've just, you know, I've been silent, obviously waiting for this thing to blow over and the Texas governor to open up the state, the great Lone Star state of Texas, so they all can continue doing business as usual, creating awesome pinball machines for all of our use and enjoyment. And at that point, obviously, I'll be on the clock and I will be waiting a little bit more for FedEx Freight to come on by and drop a brand new Multimorphic on my front doorstep. So I'm very eager. I'm very eager. I, I expressed last episode a while back, it was probably two or three weeks ago, that there is a mind process that happens when you buy your games. And right now I'm in the spot in my mind of thinking about how much I just want to play the game and how much I just can't wait to be immersed in that game and the way that it's designed and the screen and how much I can't wait to have a new experience in my game room. And when I say new experience, I mean new in many, many ways. There are so many facets of the Multimorphic P3 experience that differ um, from Stern or JJP or even Williams in, in, in obvious, for obvious reasons. Okay, let's just obviously get off the, the play field idea, right? It's, it's a screen. It's not a play field. It's, it's, it's dynamic art. It's not static. There are floating elements behind it, of course. Um, it's just a different experience. So I'm just really excited to have something new and not a new game, but a new experience. It's going to be a new feeling. And uh, that's what I really look forward to the most. It's funny, when I was talking about buying an 80s Williams game just a few months ago, it was probably in July, or excuse me, January, maybe even December. I was talking about how much I wanted an old Bally Williams, an old 80s game, right? Like Laser Q comes to mind. It was a game I played at Lake Alice and I loved it. I just loved it. Three flipper game, a lot of fun, good sounds, nice art, just a fun 80s game that was difficult. No ramp, single level play field, just something so unique from what I already owned, right? I wanted to own one. And the reason was, again, is because it was just so different than the Stern, the multi-level Stern, or any JJP that's been designed. It's just a different feeling. When you play the game, and you hear the game, and you flip the game, and you, everything about it is not, is, it, it's pinball still at the heart, right? But the entire attitude of the game is different than a Stern or JJP, or even a 90s Williams. It's just different. So for that reason, it's like, I want a different feeling when I play pinball. I don't want the same feeling every time, right? So it's it's exciting to have a new variety of pinball coming because it's going to feel different. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different. And there's people who are literally on pin side right now creating games for the system, for existing playfield modules. So I'm excited to explore what kind of user content is being generated and explore new games that are being designed by pinside users and enthusiasts. I wish I had that kind of mental capacity, that sort of skill and acumen with technology and coding and video graphics and production of that sort of a, a that sort of production. I mean, that takes high levels of skill. 
an incredibly skilled and brilliant mind to create something like that. So I'm not only looking forward to multimorphics productions, but also random open source software users who create software for the games that exist currently. Uh, the one that comes to mind first and foremost is Quest for Glory. I want to say it's Baldridge. Is it Nick Baldridge who's making it? Go check out his pin side thread on Quest for Glory. It looks interesting, and I just can't wait. So now I'm actually looking for a used Lexi Lightspeed uh, module for my game that I'm going to get hopefully next month. And uh, with a little bit of luck, I'll be able to buy something used on the, uh, you know, obviously the, the used market for a P3 uh, Lexi module. I'm anticipating that they'll come readily available pretty quickly here because of Heist. Many people are probably getting, growing tired of their Lexis, and they're like, look, it's just might as well turn it over and buy Heist. It's another you know, $2,500 or $2,900, whatever, and I can get some of that money back by selling Lexi. So maybe I'll get lucky. Wish me luck. That is on my market mind right now. So staying on with P3 here, I was talking with my buddy James and his sons. He has two sons, the teenager, teenage boys. And these boys love video games, and I'm talking like love games. They play the Switch like it's their job. They barely, you know, they're gamers at heart. So all the respect in the world for the gamers, right? And I told them I was buying a new game. And I told them this game is more like, it's more like a video game than any pinball you'll ever see. And the reason is, is because the, the actual play field interacts with the ball and there's video production that's associated with the location of the ball. And there's all sorts of different conditions on the play field that are being expressed through the graphic, through the graphics, right, on the play field, which is a screen. So I said it's a lot like a video game in that respect where you're actually playing a game that's being presented to you on the screen. And they were super interested, more interested than I've ever seen any video gamer or young person be in any pinball that I own. They always play the game, and so this is kind of cool and unique. But they're never captured by the game. It's because of the video aspect. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a new generation of pinballers grow from the P3 expansion and more sales and exposure for this system because it's going to bring such a new demographic into the game. And they're going to start appreciating pinball. And naturally what will happen is any of the buyers who aren't exposed to pinball but buy a P3 perhaps or play their friend's P3 that have never played pinball they're going to get interested in it and they're going to start looking into what else is there, right? So naturally, they're going to flow down to JJP, CGC, Stern, and they're going to say, well, what else is there for me to buy? And they want that other experience too. So they'll be just like me in a reverse position. They'll be going from P3 to Stern or JJP or CGC or old Williams games. They're going to be interested because it's something that they like, but it's a totally different play experience. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens how big they're going to grow, where these machines will wind up. I am very eager and just dying to see a location that has the game. That way more people can see it and enjoy it. I myself will do my very best, as usual, to, to, uh, to expand the demographic of pinball players and have as many friends and family over as I can to influence them to go buy their own games because the more, the merrier, everybody. That's right. Speaking of the more, the merrier... A gigantic mega deal came down the tunnel. I called uh, my buddy Pete. I told him I'm selling my Wizard of Oz. He uh, got back to me and said, well, why don't we do a deal? And I said, okay. So him and I were going to trade my firepower for his F-14. I said, no problem. He said, well, I want the Waz. I said, okay, so we got a deal on that. 
And in a matter of one twenty one was it twelve hour period, Pete had brought my F fourteen over and I sold it to pay for the heist. I didn't flip the game once. It was in my garage for five or ten minutes while the new buyer came by, test played it, loaded it, and then departed with what was my game at that time. So I generated some money for heist that way. But it was funny that I traded Pete a game that he sold me, or at least no, he traded me in a trade for Judge Dredd. He brought back, uh, he brought F-14 over to trade for the firepower that was his and now currently is again in his garage. I didn't play the game. We sold it right away. Boom. Got rid of firepower. That was on Thursday. Uh, in the same fell swoop, he took home uh, Wizard of Oz. So I, ex- I had transacted three different games all in one morning. Waz, firepower, F-14. All involved in some part of this deal to get the heist thing paid for. So I'm very happy to report that I am narrowing the gap significantly with this deal, uh, and I will be literally within $1,000, maybe 2000 of paying for heists in, its, in full with uh, one more sale, hopefully. We'll see. But anyway, it's nice to, uh, to turn old games into new ones that way. I'm sure you've all done this. I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to be in such a good spot for pinball because out here in SoCal... There are thousands of pinball players, thousands of enthusiasts, and thousands of nice, friendly neighbors in Orange County and Riverside and San Diego who are ready and willing to come over and test play your games and buy them if you're selling one. You will not have a problem selling out here. It is a a great blessing for a pinball collector like me to have that proximity to such a good group of collectors. And again, every new pinballer that I meet, a guy who's buying his first game or his 100th game, They're always super nice, man. There's something great about the pinball community, and it's just literally the people are real, they're nice, they're friendly, and they're fair. They don't try to screw us over. So I I feel like I'm a winner even if I don't get top, top, top dollar. I don't care if I lose $100 or $200 or $300 in a game. I just want to make sure that I keep the whole hobby rolling in my game room, right? I want to keep keep the thing fresh and uh, meet new people, have fun, enjoy it. And then, you know, if you got to move on, you got to move on. It's just part of the thing. It's part of the hobby. So, all right. What time? It's like, a, it's like 1045 right now. And, uh, you know, I got work tomorrow. So there is no late night workout. Those days are long gone. I'm really looking forward to going back to the gym. Hope you guys are too, man. Maybe in the next two weeks or so, they're going to open gyms up. Maybe they'll count heads and uh, monitor all of us as we walk in and, you know, make sure there's not too many people. Uh, based on what they perceive as a risk to spread this disease, which, you know, kind of barely exists. But um, I hope you guys are all well, and I hope that we all can get back to normal in the next week or so. I want to get back to my office. I want to get back to the Museum of Pinball. I want to get back to the gym. These are things that we take for granted, and now I just appreciate them more than I ever had before. So really, really looking forward to what happens in May. Very optimistic. And just encouraged and uh, hope to see you guys all at the Museum of Pinball in October, making an early announcement for Pinball Madness. It's probably going to be the second Saturday, Friday, Saturday in October. So mark your calendars now. I don't think that Arcade Expo is going to happen. I think that will be canceled because it gets too hot out at the Museum of Pinball in the months of May, June, July, August, you know, in the summer. I mean, it's 100 some odd degrees. They're not going to hold an event inside with no AC at that temperature. So I'll let you know what uh, if there's any news on that. But in the meantime, just count it out. I'm, I'm, I'm 
basically assuming that pretty safely. Unless they change the hours of the event to like a nighttime thing and do it all night. That's probably not going to happen. But hey, maybe I'll float an email to John Weeks and ask him if he wouldn't mind doing Arcade Expo 6.0. Like from, let's say like 7.30 p.m. till like 7.30 a.m. That might be pretty freaking cool. Just an all-night pinball fest for two nights, 7.30 to 7.30, close shop during the daytime, sleep it off, you know what I mean, and come back for more the next night. It's an idea. I'm not sure what you guys think about it. But listen, catch up on the streams. Dead Flip's doing a lot of great content. Um, Carl is doing some amazing content. He got a $900 million, death, or $900 million point death blow on Iron Maiden. He posted it to his Instagram, and I commented, I said, you literally doubled my GC score in one shot. <laughs> it's, uh, it's sad. It's sad to see. It's sad to see how bad you are when you watch excellent players like that go just shred your scores, and literally in one shot. It's amazing, but it's, it's really fun to watch. I'm entertained all the time. Um, I've got more to say about Rick and Morty next episode uh, about uh, the Carl D'Angelo treatment to his Rick and Morty that he borrowed from Shane and Van Nuys. So um, it was kind of like a uh, redesign of the playfield, if you can call it that. Talking about removing screws, inserting posts in the playfield that were not previously there, drilling holes in the playfield, things like that that are, in my mind, a bit extreme uh, for a new game. But it happened. It happened. IE Pinball on Twitch, twitch.tv slash IE Pinball. Go check out Carl D'Angelo's tech stream, his tech stream. He literally took the game down, drilled holes, redesigned the ball guide positions. Now he's got a playable game. Kind of scary, right? Uh, if you buy one, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for the, this is not for anybody who's not an experienced pinball technician. So please be careful. Don't ruin your Rick and Morty by trying the Carl D'Angelo treatment without the proper requisite experience in drilling holes in playfields and removing hardware from the top side. All right? All right, guys. Stay safe out there. Have a wonderful week. It is a Sunday, April 26th. We are signing off. This has been episode something of the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. Thanks for joining me, guys. God bless.